Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ahí va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Ophil. Marca Mesut Ophil. Bellerín, qué golazo. Magnífico. Gol. ¡Qué golazo de Bellerín! ¡Gol del Arsenal! ¡Gran gol de Bellerín 1-0! This is Arscast Extra. Hello there and welcome to another Arscast Extra as always with James from Gunnerblog. Good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, just to tell you that this Arscast Extra is brought to you in association with Audible.com. You can get yourself a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. Uh, by going to audibletrial.com forward slash arscast. Sign up there, get your free trial, your free audiobook, and it helps us out a little bit here. It means we can we can eat, have mm. the odd sandwich. It's good. That'd be nice. Would be nice. What kind of sandwich would you have if we had money for sandwiches? <sighs> Bacon, I think. Yeah? The I old- mean, yeah, I know it's traditionally a breakfast food, but sort of whatever time you're listening to this, you can assume I'd quite like a bacon sandwich. Yeah? All right. I don't think there's a bad time for one. No, I don't think so. I would, well, maybe. There are, yeah, there could, I could think of some bad times, but we won't go into that. I don't think that would be fair. How was your weekend? My weekend was good, actually, but it was a bank holiday. So, Mm -hmm. did some bank holiday kind of things. Did some um, late night radio presenting. I don't know if you heard any of that. I didn't hear that, no. No. I, I I was away in a field in Wales. Well, yeah, they don't have internet there or radios or or They really didn't. It was very strange. I didn't Mm. know what was going on in the world. Yeah, well, I came back um, drunk as a lord because I was out with Mrs. Bloggs and she went to bed and then I was uh, up late playing tunes on on, uh, Saturday night, which was quite good. Uh, And this uh, website called Mixler.com and you can sign up and you can basically broadcast live. So I was just playing music and telling people to come on a lot. As far right. as as far as I can make out, but it seemed to it seemed to be fun. some people seemed to enjoy it. So, so that was it. That was the broadcasting revolution. There, it sounds lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we might have to get on board with a bit of that at some point. Um, maybe do something live. Who Why knows? Who, Who knows? Knows. Uh, what were you doing in a field in Wales? Uh, it's, there's a comedy festival there. It's in a place called McCunthleth, and I apologise to any Welsh listeners for the destruction of the pronunciation of that word but um yeah really nice little comedy festival i imagine it's really nice if it doesn't rain for the Mm. whole time which it did um but it was still very you know enjoyable um two different men came up to me and shouted gunner blog uh if they're listening hello (laughs) really yeah that's funny isn't it that's funny it was one of them later came up and was like yeah sorry i realized i just sort of came up to you and shouted gunner blog which was a bit weird and I was like, well, you know, worse things have been shouted at me in the street. Mm, that is true. Actually, funny thing, on Sunday, I was sitting uh, in town, 
got quite hungover, uh, having a pint with Mrs. Bloggs, and a chap came up to me and went, you're Arse Blog. And I went, yes, I am. And he said, hello, really nice to meet you. And you must be Mrs. Bloggs. Oh, wow, you did that FA Cup final live blog. That was so awesome. Blah, blah, blah. I think he was more impressed with meeting Mrs. Bloggs than meeting wow. me. But Understandable. Tur- Inevitable. Tur- yeah. Turns out it was the brother of uh, Tim Wheeler from the band Ash. So, so there you go. What a small world we live in. It is a very small world. Mm. The other week, I was actually walking downtown again with Mrs. Bloggs. She tends to follow me around a lot, but uh, you know. Right. But anyway, this uh, this uh, we were just walking downtown, and this guy goes Ars Blog, and I went, I kind of waved. I had no idea who he was, and the guy just kind of realized what he'd done. He was with his friends, and one of his friends, as they're walking off, is going, "God, you're such a fucking loser." <laughs> <laughs> It was oh, quite funny, dear. but there you go. Yeah, so well, fun look, weekend, fun weekend, fun weekend. I mean, and also, I was able to avoid some of the events of Sunday, you know, which was good. I was pleased about that. What happened? And nothing happened on Sunday, as far as I'm aware. Well, no, I, I mean, as I say, I didn't have any internet, didn't know what was going on. So, let's. Just, I mean, it's it's passed without comment, really. It's history now, and look. We're 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 forward thinking individuals. We're not going to live in the past by talking about things which you know happened days ago or no, didn't for, happen at all. In fact, forget Sunday. Mm. Let's talk about the important thing: Monday. Monday. Yes, it was uh, it was quite good. I have to say, it was quite um quite impressive at times. Perhaps um a little bit sexual. That's an interesting adjective. But yeah. I mean, it was. There were certainly moments uh, that were quite sublime. Hmm. Like that Mesut Ozil flick, for example. The, you know, that's just that uh, mm, delicious. Apparently, and I don't know because I turned off the coverage, but apparently Sky didn't show a single replay of that. Really? Yeah, and they had about an hour and a half to fill. Well, that strikes me as um, a wasted opportunity to, to actually show something that were, you just very rarely see in a game of football. Mm. You know, the, the, the vision, the awareness, the ability to do it. Whatever about thinking, oh, there's a guy, and I, if I could flick the ball around to him, you know, that would be good for my team. But the, to have the talent to be able to do it the way he did it, he sort of caressed the ball around the defender straight into it. It was amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it was pretty extraordinary. What did they show? Yeah. They probably showed Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville complaining about something, right? I guess. I Again... I don't know. I tuned out. Mm. But, I, you know, my work was done. I'd seen the win. That was all that really mattered at that point. But yeah. I had a couple of people tweet me saying, Sky are ignoring Ozil. And I thought... And to be fair, actually, I thought he was brilliant on the night. Like, mm. I thought that flick was the sort of isolated moment of genius. But there were other moments that were almost as good, really. Like, his... his quick feet, his decision-making, his passing, yeah. even some of his defensive work. I mean, you know, I think a couple of the goals came from him nicking the ball back in midfield. And I thought it was one of his best performances in Arsenal shirt. He seems to be playing full of confidence and the results are pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah. I really, there was one moment as well over by the near touchline where he just kind of stepped inside a couple of players and just played a really simple pass. And mm. he, he, make, he makes extraordinarily difficult things look really simple. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I think what was nice is that like he's he's always been very efficient in possession, but it was almost nice to see him cut loose a bit at Hull mm. and uh, 
not quite showboat, but you know, freestyle a bit. And it, it like because he's got the technical ability and he's got the imagination, and it it's just brilliant to watch when it comes off. Mm, there was one. There was a back heel actually that I think he expected Bellerin to keep running. Yeah, and uh, just set up. Well, it would have been awesome. Um, but I mean, again, that will come from players being on the uh, on the same wavelength, and Bellerin still quite young and getting used to things. And now you know that you know if you're within five yards of Mesut Ozil, chances are he can find you. So expect it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, yeah. Go on. No, I was just going to say, no surprise that the team was unchanged from the game against Chelsea. No, I don't think so. I think they found something that's working and there's not really an obvious reason to, to mix it up. That Aaron Ramsey on the right doesn't work, does it? Nah, forget it. It's a waste of time. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's a really interesting one, isn't it? Because I think we've talked about it on here, but there was one game where you felt it was a bit problematic and for me that was the Reading match where they sat incredibly deep and we just couldn't stretch them enough and we didn't offer enough width. But it was telling that I think Machi Debushi played that day and I feel like when you've got Bellerin there who's so relentless in those runs to the byline that you can almost afford to have Ramsey inside him and the way that he was you know chasing onto the three balls from Cazorla and Ozil was really encouraging and a really brilliant goal they got the deflection but the first touch was superb mm. Mm. I like what he does I have to say um, uh, and he's uh, uh, a very, very good technical player, isn't he? You know, I think that's yeah. part of his game that, you know, for for a British player, perhaps, um, that gets overlooked. Some of his touches and back heels and flicks, um, while they were frustrating when they didn't come off, they're almost Ozilian, can we use that word? Yeah, I think so. All right. I think um, I think there's something of the Freddie Jumberg about him, if you play him on the right-hand side. Because he's, I don't want to go overboard with it, but he has got brilliant movement off the ball and a real goal-scoring instinct, and he can finish. Mm. And if you've got kind of Ozil or Cazorla playing that that Burkamp-esque creative role, I think having Ramsey being able to run off a centre-forward you know, between the full-back and the centre-half is a really potent weapon. I'm not sure it's like the long-term solution for him, but at present, it's definitely working out. Mm. Yeah, it surely is. Uh, two goals as well for Alexis Sanchez. That brings him to 24 for the season. And that is, uh, that's a very impressive debut season. Yeah, I think he's going to be quite good. I'm just getting the vibe slowly. that You reckon? Might... Yeah, yeah. I've got a good feeling about this guy. <laughs> now, uh, he, he was desperate for the hat-trick as well, wasn't he? You could tell. Um, I mean, I know he always plays like he's desperate to score and desperate to make an impression, but I think he would have enjoyed that. Um, but he... You know, free kick got deflection. That was the the goal that had three contributions from former Spurs players, which it I was. enjoyed. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah, so I think it was Huddleston lost the ball, Livermore made the foul, and Dawson uh, just you know flicked off the top of his head into the net. But the second goal was really well taken as well. There was a point where, if you watch it, Mazat Erzl's involved in the build up, and he's kind of chasing parallel to Alexis, waiting for potentially a square pass. But as soon as Alexis just arrives at the ball Ozil actually sort of stops running because he's like he's got this yeah and uh, he just took it round the goalkeeper and finished it brilliantly mm. so yeah I thought what's he on now 24 24 yeah and Thierry Henry got 26 in the first season and you wouldn't bet against him surpassing that would you and what's no. left is, the, is that the record I mean do we I can't I, no, I mean, I'm not I think, one of those who uh, knows someone, all the records but someone um, did put a record up I think it was Darren Arsenal won um, 
I'm now just stalling while I while I find it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think... Uh, I think it's not the record. The record is sort of from the olden days. There you go. 31, Joe Baker. Right. So that's the best ever debut season, 31. Yes, apparently so. And we've got, what, five games left to play. Is that right? Yeah, indeed. Okay. So, you know, a couple of hat-tricks and a cup final winner. We're in there. Exactly. That's only equaling it, though. We'd want to do, we'd want to do better. Otherwise, we should probably think about moving him on this summer. <laughs> So, was it all a lot easier than you expected, Harlan? Well, I wasn't expecting it to be that difficult because of the way we were playing. Um, you, you can't help but have confidence in in the ability to get the right result. You know, uh, I think they obviously won a couple of games, one against uh, Palace, one against Liverpool, but I suspect if you were to throw together a ramshackle 11 of 11 vagrants that you pick out from under a bridge who are basically spending all day drinking methylated spirits and tugging each other off to pass the time, they could probably beat Liverpool uh, at this moment in time. So, mm. I, you know, I, don't, I didn't put too much stock in that. Um, I, I think, obviously, they, they played better in the second half than they did in the first uh, because goal difference was a big thing for them. They couldn't get spanked five or six because that could be really, really damaging. Um, you know, they got their goal... And that was kind of about it, you know. I don't think they, I don't think they were willing to really have a go in case they got caught out and conceded more goals. But you know, the, the way we're playing, the way uh, the the midfield is functioning, uh, we're very solid at the back. Um, you've got guys in great form like uh, Alexis Ozil, Cazorla, Ramsey. You know, did I say Ramsey twice? Um, w- when these guys are playing in in that way with that much confidence and belief. Um, you know, it's it's difficult to see you not getting a result against a, a team like Hull. So, yeah. I thought that they would pose a bit more of a threat. I remember, was it last year we went there and they were a sort of menace on set pieces and obviously the FA Cup final too. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'm right in saying they didn't have a corner in the game. They did have a corner in the game, did they? I'm pretty sure they did. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. I think I think they didn't. Well, they certainly didn't with not very long to go. Right. And that was good. That helped us out a bit, I mm-hmm. suspect. There were a couple of dangerous crosses, weren't there? The guy, yeah. was it a Luco had a header that he... He, sort he of, ought to have scored that, yeah. Well, he should have at least got it on target. Uh, and there were a couple of early ones, weren't there, where Ospina came out and he, he punched Coquelin in the head or something, and then... There was one where he headed it away when I thought he could have picked it up, and there maybe were a couple of signs that, not that panic would set in, that but that there might have been a little uneasiness in the Arsenal defence. But apart from that, I think we dealt with it well, and we we won the ball back from them in good positions where the crosses um, weren't that dangerous, and when the crosses did come in, we, we headed them away pretty much every time. And their goal, I mean, should that have stood? It looked very much like Lauren Kajani was taken out in the build-up to it. Uh, they. I did see a replay afterwards where he does... I mean, he followed through right into Koscielny. um, And in real time, it looked like a foul. But he did get the ball. Right. You know, he did kind of poke the ball away and then smash into Koscielny. So whether um, post-ball-touching smasheroonies is is, uh, worthy of a free kick, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? That's why we're not referees. Well, I tell you who doesn't know. Lee Mason. Mm. Yeah, he's quite low down the list in terms of 
of knowledge of these things. Yeah, he let quite a bit go, I think. Um, and there were some dangerous tackles. What did you think of the tackle by Huddlestone on um, Ramsey? I thought that was a really bad challenge, I have to say. Uh, yeah, I couldn't believe that that escaped without more punishment. Mm. I, I don't know. I mean, I was flabbergasted by that. I thought it was very, very... I mean, to say, call it clumsy would be generous. Yeah, it would be. Would be. It was. What did you, you, know, what did you think? I thought it was. I thought it was clumsy, um, and I thought it was just like a bit desperate. But I also thought that it was too forceful for um, for a guy who knew he wasn't going to get the ball. You know, mm. if he if he just stood in his way, perhaps he would have made the same foul or stopped him because that's what his intention was. Um, so you know, it's a little bit worrying when you see Ramsey smashing the uh, smashing the ground. And, you know, thinking, oh, crap, we could do without this, really. But, uh, you know, his response to that was uh, to come on, score a goal and make an assist. So uh, kudos to him. Yeah, not a bad night's work in the end from him. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was all, it was all, I mean, after half time, it was pretty comfortable, really, wasn't it? It wasn't one of those, even when they got the one goal, we reasserted control pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, I don't think anybody was really worried. Uh, despite Sky's attempts to go, well, you can hear the belief around the crowd now. They're, oh, you, you know. Uh, no, you can't. <laughs> can't hear any belief. You can hear the, you hear the noise of a crowd that is happy that their team has scored one goal. But, you know, I don't think so. No. I don't think there was much in it. Um, also, of course, um, it, it provided us with the requisite points uh, for St. Totteringham's Day. Indeed. Happy St. Tottenham's Day, one and all. Mm. It's a bit like celebrating Sunday, though, or something, Yeah, isn't it? yeah. Something very inevitable about it. Yeah. Although we celebrate New Year's Day to an extent, and that happens every year. Yeah. Here's a, here's, yeah Christmas never gets old. Well, it kind of does. In <laughs> fairness, it kind of does. Here's a great stat from uh, our friend Orbino. Since Arsene Wenger arrived in in North London, Arsenal are the only team Spurs have not finished above in the whole football league. That's pretty cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Um, There's some stat as well about if you'd bet a Spurs fan £1 in 1995 that we'd finish above them and then play double or quits over the following years, they would owe you like... gazillion pounds right I think that's the official number that's the official number the other thing as well is that if you'd bet a Spurs fan in 1995 that we would finish above them and you play double or quits that Spurs fan would still be a cunt yeah that is true no amount of gambling can, can take that away no no we're dishing out the truth here today man <laughs> calling it like it is <laughs> uh, well you know it's a relaxed podcast it was a relaxed game yeah it's a it's a weird situation, you know. We're, we're enjoying, and so I, I didn't finish that sentence, but I don't care. Right? It's been a bank holiday. I'm just going to leave it hanging. We're enjoying. Who knows what we're enjoying? I've just said it. Yeah. Um, and are you confident now of like second place? We've got a game in hand on City. Do you think it's something we can do? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's in our own hands. Um, you know, some suggestions that. The way we played against Hull, uh, I saw the words flat track bully mentioned a few times and the pressure's off and we can do this. But, you know, the pressure was on 10 games ago after we lost to Tottenham. So mm-hmm. the pressure was on there and the response to that was, you know, to win nine and 
draw one of our next 10 league games. So I'm not sure that you can really throw that accusation around. Um, there's a gap to be made up, clearly. Um, and we won't go into the reasons why that gap exists. We've you know done it to death on the podcast and on the blogs and everything else. We all know. But, you know, we've we put ourselves in a good position. Maybe there is a bit more pressure now because there will be an expectation of second place um, with the game in hand. Uh, obviously, the game against uh, Manchester United is relatively uh, difficult just because of the nature of that fixture. But the rest of the games, we've got Sunderland, West Brom, Swansea, Manchester United. Is that it? I think they're the four. Uh, obviously not in that order. So I think it's Swansea. Is it Manchester United? I don't know. I'm confused. That's West Brom to finish. Yeah, and then Sunderland is, I think, in the week before the West Brom game. You're right. So it goes Swansea, United, Sunderland, West Brom. Right. So, um, you know, if we beat Swansea and then beat Manchester United, you've got to look at those other two games as as uh, as very winnable. Um, and, yeah, second place. I think, um, I'm not sure you would say that's that's a brilliant season, given the expectations that, that we're going into it. But from where we were, um, it provides uh, provides us with a good, a good building block for going forward, I think. Yeah, I think so. It's tangible progress. If you finish second in the league... It's it's a lot better. Well, it's two better than fourth. It's almost I think doubly I, better. Doubly better. I think I heard someone say uh, earlier today that we haven't actually finished seconds in about 10 years. 2004, 2005, where we go. finished, I think we finished on something like 81 points. Uh, but we 83, were apparently. 83. And we were still loads behind Chelsea, who went bananas that year. Um, uh, and won it uh, very convincingly. But yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. There's been a slew of third and fourth place finishes, um, and now it's down to us to go one better and, and from there take it on into into next season. So, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. let's right. get it done. Okay. Well, look, that will do for part one. Nice and relaxed. I don't think I'll finish this bit. <laughs> I will, yeah. Now, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back with some of your... Nah, I can't be asked for it questions that's what we'll do (laughs) right after this Welcome back to the Arscast Extra. This week brought to you in association with audible.com where you can get audio books. They're books that go in your ears. Not, not literally. Small books, really small. Yeah, really, really tiny. But uh, no, you can get them on your iPod and your phone and your computer and all kinds. Um, and you can sign up for a 30-day trial and get a free audiobook download by going to audible.com forward slash arsecast. That's audible. Actually, it's not. It's audibletrial.com forward slash arsecast. So you sign up for the trial and um, everyone's happy. You get a free audiobook and we get bacon sandwiches. I mean, it sounds perfect to me. It's a brilliant combination. It's uh, it's what the whole world of commerce was designed for, really. <laughs> Just a way for people to acquire bacon sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. All right. We are, we're going to do some questions. Um, do you want to go first? Yeah, all right, yeah. All right. Um, this one comes from Giant Cal Gunner, uh, and they ask, does Arsene start prioritising squad health for the cup final over the league finish? And if so, at what point? Um, yeah, I, I I, don't think he does, to be no. honest. No, not yet anyway. Um, I mean, I think you want to get the points on the board uh, against Swansea. 
Um, you've got to be careful of uh, affecting the team's momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, home game against Swansea is one where perhaps you might look at it as uh, the chance to make a couple of changes, but also maybe, you know, get yourself into a position where you can uh, bring on some substitutes, for example. Um, but, you know, I think um, I think you just keep playing your best team. We've got a week between all the games. It's not as if we're run off our feet. You know, the training isn't going to be hugely intense at this time of the year. The fitness is right. Um, you know, the, I, I don't think it's it's a case that players will be affected by fatigue. So the only point then is, do you become worried or concerned that a key player might get an injury? And if you go into games with that kind of attitude, you can always find one game that's more important than the next one. And I don't know, you end up playing none of your first you know it doesn't really work like that so i just say keep trucking on that's my that's my thinking yeah i agree with that actually i think it's important for the momentum i also think we've got such a big squad at present that if we're to lose one player which you know touchwood doesn't happen but if mm-hmm. it does i think we've i think we're able to compensate at the current time and i think it's more important that we keep keep things going and keep this side you know this side's gelling really nicely at present and you want to take that into the final. Mm, absolutely. All right. Well, that's that's that answered. Yeah, dealt and, with. All right. This this, uh, this one comes from Mikey Mike twenty seven eleven, and he says, uh, "I will be in the U.S. by the time the pod is live." My question is, will you read this out? Hashtag, hashtag first time lucky. And the answer, Mikey Mike twenty seven eleven, is no. We won't. Sorry. Uh, so this one uh, then comes from West Antone, and he wants to know who shot Ahmed El Mahamedi. <laughs> <laughs> was that not ridiculous? Yes, it was a bit. And it's a shame because, you know, I really like Ahmed El Mohamedi's name. It's fun to say. Ahmed El Mohamedi. Yeah. Ahmed El Mohamedi. Yeah, it's good. It out pretty quickly. Yeah, it's good. It's a I'm tongue impressed. twister. It is. It's a fun one. But that was a surreal moment, certainly. Yeah. Just jumped in the air. Mm. Like sniper on the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if it was, yeah. It wasn't, um, it wasn't his um, finest, finest... Well, maybe it was one of his finest moments. Maybe his previous dives have been really, really terrible. He's the guy who, I think it was when Hull were promoted from the championship, uh, they were all like scenes of them just... Uh, the cameras cut and they were sort of celebrating in the dressing room. But he was just sort of dancing on his own, turning around with his back to the camera, pointing at the name on his shirt. He, like he'd single-handedly done it. Well, for all we know, he could have. To be fair, I wasn't paying close attention. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. No, me neither. Me neither. Or maybe he just wanted people to get into his name. Sing it well, with it's, me. It's worked for us. Ahmed El Mohammedi. That's what you do. Manamana. Do, 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 do. Mohammedi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should cut him some slack. He's got a great name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We will. We'll cut him some slack. As I said, it's a very relaxed podcast. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to crucify anybody unless they really, really, really deserve it. This is an important question. Okay. It comes from C.B. Guna, or Gondwani Gondway, and he, I've got that out well as well. And he asks... Impressive. Thank you. Will Francis Coquelin ever score a goal? No. <laughs> I have gone into the future, just in the time that we were... Uh, just after you asked me that question. Right. And you, you can't tell, of course, no. because t- it's time travel. So I've gone into the future... Looked back at the stats, come straight back to where we stopped off, and the answer, sadly, is no, he will never score a goal. However, however, the good news for Francis is that he becomes president of France in 2043. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's very impressive. Very impressive. It's shortly after France invades Spain. The whole war thing is going on. Life is difficult. The people are like, who should we turn to? Baguettes are in short supply <laughs> because all the flour is needed for uh, for improvised bombs. The world's in a strange place then. Don't ask me why flour is there. So that's... Flour's really explosive, actually. Is it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's highly flammable, and if you heat it, it's something to do with the surface area, it will explode. So you have accidentally stumbled upon a potential bomb recipe there. Right. Well, there you go. I, mean, I know I'm this only... because I was doing a show and I wanted to throw flour around the stage and I was told that under the lights there was quite a high chance that it would explode. That you could go on fire during yeah, your show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, that would be very spectacular, but health and safety, red tape, yeah. prevented, prevented it from happening. Probably not great for the rest of your career. Now, I know that you took uh, an inch off your height on yeah. the old CV just to give yourself a, a bit more chance of getting some roles, but I can't imagine having uh, a face like, you know, who was pressed onto a George Foreman grill would be particularly good for your for your acting prospects. Unless you were going to specialise in horror movies. Oh, that's true as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so President Coquelin will, will never get off the score sheet. No, it's never going to happen. He'll hit the post a couple of times, but the, the goal itself will, will never come. Will never come. I think he's all right with that. I think he's, he seems like a humble guy. Yeah. You know, he enjoys other people's goals enough. Uh, did you see the picture of him celebrating uh, Alexis's free kick? Yeah. And he's sort of up in the air and he's he's punching it like as if he was the one himself who did it. So I think he's just going to live vicariously through all the other goal scorers in the Arsenal team. I agree with you. Yeah, I can't I can't see it. There yeah. was a moment there was a bit of a moment in the whole game, wasn't there, where I think Urzel was on the counter attack and he kind of played in Cockland just on the edge of the penalty area. And yeah. It all went a bit awry. Well that's when El Mohammedi Ah yes. That's when he um that's when he did the uh, the jump up in the air, you see. Mm. So these kind of things will, will happen to him throughout his entire career. That he'll be clean through on goal and a defender will 
will just rugby tackle him and things like that. You know, he'll have his moments, but just it just won't ever happen. Okay. Well, I'm glad we glad we know that now. Yes, yeah, yeah. That takes some of the suspense. Exactly. Out, oh, you know, lots of first bet or first goal scoring bets just don't need to be made. Exactly. We've saved you all a few quid. Yeah. Well, it's your turn. Oh, it's my turn. Okay. All right. This one comes from uh, Rory Jones. It's well, Rodri or Rory? I don't. I guess, is that the Welsh spelling of Rory or H O D I? I think that's Rodri. There's Rodri. a there's a Rory which is like R U A R I D H, which is very confusing. Oh but, yeah, and there's a Rory in Irish which is R U R R I A I fada I accent on the I A I A I R I. Yeah. That's in Irish though. Yeah, that's the Irish one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, it, yeah, his, let's his go with Rodri. Yeah, and his at name is Hawkins seventy two. So I should have just gone with that. Right. Schoolboy error. Yeah. Uh, he's talking about the incident where Jack Wilshire was yards from goal, took a shot, and it was stopped quite clearly by the arm of a whole defender. And he said, with last night's handball, which stopped a certain goal, what actually constitutes a handball these days? Because the first thing that um, uh, Alan Smith on co-commentary said, said, well... His hands were in a, a fairly natural position, even though one of them was stuck out to try and stop the ball. And we go mm. back to the Gary uh, Gary Cahill one. Uh, in Irish, he's called Gary Cahill, by the way. Right. We don't do the K, it's Cahill. Um, so uh, he, he's talking about that one. Um, and we go back to that good player point where, you know, his hands are in a natural position, but, you know, he's he's responsible for them being there in the first place. So what is a handball these days? What I is it? He- I think you've got to catch it, haven't you, pretty much? <laughs> you've got to take it cleanly. I don't know. It's really strange. I mean, that one at Hull looked to me like a sort of pity decision, really. I was like, there's no way that's not a penalty. You know, effectively, he saved a, a certain goal. Yeah. Uh, I, d- I wouldn't necessarily have been like, send him off, but you've got to give a spot kick there. It is becoming a little bit absurd, the handball thing. It's very, very hard to get one, isn't it? It seems more difficult because I remember it could have been the first game of the Invincible season and Arsenal were playing Everton and we were down to 10 men because Saul Campbell had been sent off uh, quite early on. And Thierry Henry had the ball in the box and it could have been Alan Stubbs, big old Al Stubbs. Big big Al, yeah. Stubbsy, as he was known. Um, But he had his hands basically by his side. And Henri kicked the ball into his hand, I think, quite deliberately. Um, and it wasn't as if the, the um, you know, uh, Stubbsy, as he was known, uh, sort of stuck his, ha- stuck his arm out or anything. It just literally hit him on the hand, and it was a ball that w- wasn't going any, anywhere uh, in a hurry, not particularly dangerously. Referee, that was a penalty. It was a you know, handball in the box, that's a penalty. And now there's, there's, it's open to interpretation. Which well, I yeah, I seem to remember Roberto Baggio used to have this trick he used to do where he used to sort of dribble into the penalty area and just like chip the ball at somebody's hands, and that would result in penalties relatively frequently. Now, obviously, that's sort of taking it to an extreme, but it just feels like now, unless unless you sort of pick the ball up in your hands and start running out of the area like a rugby player, I don't know how you get. Penalty rubbing ball. the ball gently, going good ball, good ball. Yeah, there you are. That's it. Um, yeah. Why don't video games like FIFA and Pro Evolution Soccer have handball? 
That is a really interesting question, isn't it? I think there was one iteration a couple of years ago where there were, like, accidental handballs. I think it might have been a FIFA. But they were incredibly rare, even in that. And obviously, presumably, players get annoyed because it's not, like... Like, do you think there should be a handball button? Yeah, that would be awesome. So you, like, choose to handball it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I tell you what I miss from the FIFA games, because there was one a few years ago... Uh, and obviously they decided it wasn't good for the image of the game, but the dive. Mm. Remember that where you could just sort of run in front of somebody and if you hit the buttons in the right way, um, you'd either get a free kick or a penalty or get booked. But yeah. that was one of the greatest fun things of all time was to dive. And, uh, you know, particularly if you're playing against somebody else, they would go bananas because they didn't do anything to you. No. See? That would be the ultimate insult. Get the penalty from diving, knock it against the crossbar, and then as it comes back, just punch it into the net. <laughs> Come on, EA Sports. It's all in the game. <laughs> exactly. What it should be, at any rate. Yeah. Um, another question? Yes. 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 Uh, yes. Okay, so this is from Talking Ass, And he's not lying. His, his picture is of an arse with the face on it. It's really disturbing. I don't know if it's his ass, someone else's. I mean, it's got glasses. Right. Um, yeah, I, I can't stop looking. Right. But anyway, he says, if ass blog is right, big if. That is a big if, in fairness. Yeah. But if ass blog is right and Santi is leaving, who'll replace him in the deeper midfield role? Jack? Rambo or a new signing? That is a very good question. Is it Jack Rambo or a new signing? Hmm. Uh, I think probably Ramsey or Wilshire are the obvious candidates for that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, much as we enjoy Ramsey out on the right-hand side, um, th- there are issues where perhaps a more natural player in that position um might be a better option. I think what the we've spoken about, I think the, the thing for the manager is he's looking at how to get Ramsey and Cazorla into his team because both of them are so good and both of them are playing so well at this moment in time. Like, how sure. does he do it? You know, you can't crowd that midfield area. So, um, you know, it it is a nice balance. So I, I think if Santi goes, and I have to state for the record here that I hope he doesn't. Because I think he's, uh, I just love watching him play football. Um, that if he does, I think the the manager will look to use Ramsey and Wilshire in that position. But do, I mean, would they be suitable, adequate replacements in your view? I mean, I mean, they're I think... bo- they're both different, very different kind of players to yeah. to Cazorla. Very different. I mean. I'd say Wilshire's probably more similar to Cazorla than Ramsey. I think Ramsey, I don't know, is a slightly different style of midfield player. But, yeah, I mean, they're the obvious candidates, aren't they? You you go a long way to buy more talented central midfield players. Mm. Um, and they're at Arsenal's disposal. And I know we know that he wants to ensure he gets them into the team. And if Cazorla goes, then I think that opportunity will present itself to an extent mm. I, I don't think he'll be pushing because all are out the door don't get me wrong I think he'd like him to stay as much as we would but if if this is the summer where he decides he wants to go back to Spain it, it may be that our hand is forced somewhat which is would be terrible because he's been playing absolutely brilliant I think he's been as good this season if not better than he was in his first season with us. yeah that's saying something what did you make of 
uh, Jack's little cameo last night. Impressive. Mm, Impressive. Yeah, it really was. Um, you know, I think he, he came on knowing that when he gets a chance like this, he's got to make an impact. If he wants to get a place back in the team, he's got to come on and show the manager that he's got something to offer. Uh, it was interesting, I think, to hear Arsene Wenger talk about him uh, as a player who's going to be best in the final third. Mm. He spoke about that this week. Um, and there's a, a lot of people have looked maybe at Wilshire playing a deeper role in midfield. We know that England have deployed him in a kind of a holding role, which I don't really think is his best... Um, I don't think it's his best position by a long shot. But I think he showed really what he can bring, a couple of those bursts. And on that, I have a question here from... One second. Okay, this comes from Vic the Quick, who's at Victorious81. And uh, he says, Jack was almost injured one minute after coming on. Does he have to change his style of play? Because there was that moment where he went bursting through the whole defence and the only way that they could stop him was to essentially hack him down. Yeah, that's classic Wilshire, isn't it? He dribbles past a few players into a a wall of other players and then... Holds his ankle for a while. I, I look. I think I personally would like to see him adapt his style a little bit. Just try and take a few less risks, just because I'm not sure that physically he's robust enough to survive those kinds of challenges on a regular basis. I mean, there were a few heart in mouth moments in yesterday's game alone where you thought, "Is he going to get up all right from this?" Mm. Um, however, it does seem quite fundamental to his way of playing. He's someone who likes to make ground, likes to wait until the last minute before nipping away from defenders and who who seemingly sees winning a free kick as a kind of a worthwhile pursuit. Do you know what I mean? Like he'll he'll dribble into a situation, I think, knowing that the only way out of it is him getting fouled. Yeah, he's either going through on goal or he's getting taken out and chances are most of the time you're gonna get taken out. But is they is the onus then not on uh the the fouler or is that not where the focus should be? That if Wilshire's got this brilliant talent to be able to run, to be able to burst, to be able to nick the ball away from players at the last minute, should we not be looking at uh, a situation where he ought to be off- offered more protection? Um, yeah, he ought to be protected rather than having to protect himself to mm. an extent. I think that's certainly true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that is definitely the case. I mean, you know... It's a shame if it, he has to adapt his game because it's an exciting style he has. Yeah. And to be fair, you know, there are other players in the squad who have that too. Alexis Sanchez is another one who will dribble until you take him down. It just seems that he, you know, it's that word again, he's a bit more robust than Wilshire. I can't believe I've said it. I mean, his leg's going to literally fall off next week. Yeah, you fucked him, man. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. So do you think he's all right in the style that he plays or...? Wilshire, yeah, I mean, I think maybe a little bit, like you say, in certain areas, a little bit of common sense where you could go back. You don't necessarily have to keep going forward, but I just think he's he just that's the way he plays, the way he likes to play. He wants to make things happen, and it's dangerous. You know, it is dangerous for the opposition when you've got a guy who's just running at you, and he does he does kind of have the 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 size and the stature to be able to do it you know this uh, typical low center of gravity um mm. you know he's not like like you couldn't imagine Mertesacker bursting through and slaloming and weaving and bobbing you know just because I mean, of I'd this. like to see it oh yeah I'd love to see it too 
Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think that's his game, whereas Jack, of course, is slightly smaller and has got the ability to do it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I feel like it, it's unfair to blame him for for injuries when he's being fouled, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's so. a fair point. Mm. Um, right, so did we decide... We So we sort of thought maybe Ramsey. I, I think Ramsey would be the first option. Um, it would change the dynamic of the team, though, I think a little bit, in the sense that um, he, he's a different kind of player from Cazorla, um, who gets forward maybe a bit more than Cazorla. And, and what Cazorla offers at the moment from that deep-lying role is some extra creativity in the team, isn't it? Because you look at the you look at the pass for Ramsey's goal, even. Uh, and from deep, you're looking, well, who are the players who could play that? Although, in fairness, Wilshire made a couple of really good passes. Ramsey, as well, is capable of those uh, those passes. So, um, yeah, who knows? Uh, I think the options... I think the manager would want to use Ramsey and Wilshire rather than make a signing. That would be right. my thinking on it. Yeah, I think yeah. it would be the old internal solution as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, one more? Yes! Yeah? Yes! 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 What's yes! that sound? Yes! 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 <laughs> yes! Uh, yeah, that was... <laughs> That was Toast of London. Have you never watched Toast of London? Yeah, I have. I yeah. have. So that, that, that was Toast of London. <laughs> okay. So I just thought I'd throw that in there, you know, as a, as a way of saying yes to another question. Yeah, I, I, I concur. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, all right, well, this is a disappointingly dry question. Right. In relation to that. Um, this is just from True Story number four. And they asked, what happened to Giroud last night? Was he just taking one for the team? Uh, I think he got uh, a dead leg, didn't he, quite early? Um, yeah. But even before that, he looked a little bit little bit leggy, a little bit off the pace. Um, you know, while others were zipping around, the ball was kind of bouncing off him. Um, but, you know, I think, I, think he did, I think he did all right, you know. You can kind of get away with a performance like that when, um, you know, when everyone else around you is playing as well as they are. Mm. Um, and in fairness, he's he's uh, he's carried the burden for a little while, scored a lot of goals, and now we've got um, we've got Alexis scoring again. Ramsey is scoring, so you know I think we can I think we can live with it. Um, interesting, Danny Welbeck wasn't fit, uh, so he might he might have come on for Giroud a little bit earlier. Yeah, you know, as it was, I don't think Arsene Wenger was prepared to make uh, the the Walcott for Giroud change simply because Hull are quite physical and quite big. Um, and just, you know, it got to the point in the game where it was obvious they weren't going to do anything. Um, so so he did, he made the, the change for Walcott. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think it was his best game by a long way, but not too much to be concerned about, to be honest. No, and I think, you know, he's got three centre-backs up against him. He's, he occupied them relatively well and it enabled people to run in behind him. So, yeah. I think to an extent he was taking one for the team and let's hope that there are no consequences. I think he just got a kick on the leg. I think that's all that was. But yeah. you're right, had Welbeck been available, I suspect he would have been on earlier. All right. Um, a lot of people are asking us about the summer. And I may, does that, to you, does that reflect confidence in what's left of this season? That so many people are asking about what we're going to do in the transfer market, etc. Maybe. I mean, I think 
also the the league being wrapped up and us being in second place I think inevitably there's a sense of well how do we go better than that you know right. what, we're looking forward already and uh, to next season and yeah maybe that is in part a confidence thing based mm. on the way we've been playing I, I have to uh, apologize to everyone who is asking about um transfer business and who's going to arrive and who's going to go uh that my my time travel machine that i went to see about cockerlands go only works once a day right is, you know damn yeah i know it's it's a fundamental flaw in its design but hey you know i'm working it out but here's a question, and this comes from Mariette at Mariette Mulmonth. Okay. And uh, she wants to know, will we finally end the greatest transfer saga of all time and sign Solomon Kalou this summer? God, I, I, I desperately hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um, although it would be a sort of happy ending for him, at least. I don't think I want to think about Solomon Kalou and happy endings, James. Okay, I'm sorry to have brought that image upon you. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, it would be incredible if that story resurfaces again, wouldn't it? It would be, because, you, you know, there was a time where even as ludicrous as it seemed, there was a, an, a, an air of possibility to it, you know. This is a club yeah. that signed Park Chu Young. Exactly, this was the Benayoun era. This was the Sylvestre situation, you know. Yeah. Anything could happen. It was all fair game, wasn't it, at that time? Mm. Yeah. But surely those days have gone. Oh, no, for sure, for sure. And, you know, um, if you're worried about that whole guy missing the header, Kalu, the man whose head is a perfect triangle, I don't think, yeah. he, I don't think he would fit in. No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, 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 think, look, best of, I think he's at Lille, isn't he, in France? I don't I know. Don't know. I mean, I follow his career closely, obviously, because he's become so associated with the club. Mm. <clears throat> but I, uh, yeah, I, I think this may be the first summer for many, many years where Salomon Kalou is not linked with Arsenal. Yeah, what about uh, one of his brothers? Because his brother is called, well, he's got one brother called Bonaventure. Oh, is that his brother? Bonaventure Kalou, yeah. That's a great name as well, Bonaventure. Yeah, then there's Mandrake Kalou. Is there actually... Yeah. yeah. Fair play. Mandrake Kalou. Dougal Kalou. <laughs> yeah. Stephen Kalou. Stephen Kalou, I think, is probably my yeah. favourite of the bunch. Yeah. Is he a goalkeeper? Uh, no, he's a butcher. Uh, never mind then. Yeah. Why? What, what, what was your thing with Stephen Kalou and goalkeeper? I just think we could do with a keeper, maybe. Ah. Some and people got those. Ask. If he's got those Kalu jeans, then he's probably a great shot stopper. I don't know. Fantastic. <laughs> Have uh, you got one more, or are we are we all done? I'm all out. You're I'm all, all out. out. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm pretty much all out as well. Um, so yeah, well that's it. Well, um, yeah, chilled out, relaxed, winning podcast. What can you do? Are we going to be Tuesday again next week? Because we it's are. Weird yeah, fixture list. Because yeah. yeah, we're 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 not playing till till Monday, Monday night against. Against Swansea. What else is going on next weekend then in, in terms of other fixtures that we could possibly have a look at very quickly? Because obviously what Manchester City do and what Manchester United do, uh, you know, still have an, have an impact on us. But OK, I'm going to get the fixtures up here. Crystal yeah, Palace too. versus Manchester United. Well, they haven't reckoned with Sonogo. Exactly. Or maybe they have. Come on, yeah, yeah. 
what a time this would be for the first Premier League goal. Yeah. Um, what else is happening? So there must be stuff on Man City Sunday. QPR. Oh, for fuck's sake. Last three points in the bag. Uh, and then Chelsea versus Liverpool, which you can only hope is some kind of bloodbath. Yeah, sure. I hope, do you know what I hope happens between Chelsea and Liverpool? I hope that Chelsea fans, in their quest for whiteness that we know all about, <laughs> yeah. they douse the entire stadium while it's full with uh, very finely sifted flour. So everyone is kind of covered in a in a sheen of flour, and then it's a beautiful hot uh, May day, and all of a sudden, what could have happened to you on stage happens, and the whole place ignites. I mean, that would be a wonderful, wonderful scene mm. to unfold. You should probably tell your brother not to go to the game, just in case. I'll see, see how I'm getting on with him this week. Yeah, I could make a decision on the on the Friday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> play it, play it by ear a bit. Exactly. Are you keeping an eye on Aston Villa? What with this final coming up, or are you just sort of letting them get on with it? I'm sort of letting them get on with it. I watched a bit of the game against Everton last week, and right. uh, Cleverly's goal was very good. Um, but they're playing West Ham, but they're not they're not out of it. They're not out of the relegation thing by a long shot because Sunderland have a game in hand. Mm. Um, Villa are only two points ahead of Sunderland. What could happen? It's quite tight down there, isn't it? It's interesting. It's very, you know, I think it's like one, two, three, four, five teams, probably for one place now, isn't it? Mm. You'd think QPR and Burnley are gone. Yeah. Newcastle dropping like a stone. Yes. Yes. It's not good there. Not good. No. Well, but who gives a fuck anyway about them? Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, look, we'll um, we'll be back next Tuesday with another Arscast Extra. We'll have the, uh, the Arscast regular for you on Friday. Uh, so until next time, take it easy and uh, don't don't fuck with the future, honestly. Or, fla- or flower. Or flower, yeah. All right, until next one, cheers. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.